well, well, well. Here we are once again back at it after mm. a long hiatus. Yeah. Very happy to say this spectacular now is back. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Even my phone is happy. <laughs> No, I seriously, I missed getting together and doing this. Me too. It was always a lot of fun and we had a good yeah, time. So I feel like the spooky stuff has been lacking in my life lately. Right? There's been I a void. It. Yeah. And I've been getting, <laughs> yeah, I've been getting requests too with some of the awesome oh. RNs that I work with. <laughs> well, Shout out to them. disappoint our loving fans. No, definitely uh, not. And also we are uh, trying out a new recording Location, which is interesting. <laughs> It'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> Technical difficulties always, but uh, I'm learning. I'm not uh, that much of an audio wizard, but hopefully uh, the sound will improve and maybe you can notice the difference on these upcoming episodes. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. Anyways, with uh, that being said, let's get into... Today's topic, we're starting off this new era of the show with another movie review, and we're talking about Midnight Special. Midnight Special. What's so special about it? We're going to find out. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I hadn't even heard of this movie at all until you said you had watched it and you told me to watch it. Yeah. And there's like so many famous people in it. Yeah. It's like really... it's. Very much like, I don't want to say it's a B movie because for a film, I wouldn't, like quality wise, I wouldn't rate it as that. But it's very much like under the radar. Yeah. Almost like a kind of like a cult following mm -hmm. type of movie. Maybe like independent. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for I really liked it. And we'll get more into our thoughts and stuff uh, as we talk about the plot and everything. But um so yeah, Midnight Special came out in 2016. It was written and directed by Jeff Nichols, who also wrote and directed uh, Mud with Matthew McConaughey. Mm, I never and, saw that. Uh, I didn't either. Um, and he also did Loving, about uh, that couple. Oh, yeah. And uh, the lead who played the man. Uh, I forget the couple's names but their last name was loving um, correct what was i saying oh yes the lead uh who played the man in loving the actor what's his name joel edgerton oh he was in that he's oh, also okay. in uh midnight special i like him yes he's He's a great character actor, and he's in, like, so much. And he's actually English, right? Uh, I don't know. He might be, but I, I honestly don't know. He was in that really awesome movie with Jason Bateman, who I have a little crush on. <laughs> Jason Bateman, and he's married, and this guy, played by Joel... Egert, Edgerton, Egerton, Egerton. Egerton. I think it's Egerton. I Egerton. Know. I could be wrong. He's someone from his past, and he comes into back into his life, but you sense there's an ulterior motive. It's called the gift. Oh. J 
you ever see that? No. When did that come out? That is a fantastic movie. Probably around the same time as this one came oh. out. I want to say it's a few years old now. Okay. But I, I won't give it away. Very good. You got to watch that one. Right. But yeah. Um, and also the lead role played by uh, Michael Shannon, who has been in all of Jeff Nichols's films. Okay. Uh, collaborates a lot with him and Joel as well. Um, so that's kind of cool. He's Yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, I love him. He's... <laughs> I I like that I picked this movie to do right now because uh, there's a TikTok meme that's going around and it's a clip of Michael Shannon and I I need to look up what it's from. Hold on, I because it's <laughs> and then I'll I'll play it. I don't know how to describe it. He's just like being silly. I I it's so funny seeing actors like how they are in real life because he always plays such a serious character yeah, like he was zod great, right yeah General he's zod. such a great like dramatic actor mm-hmm. he's always very like kind of stoic and serious but um it just seeing him be all like goofy it's just like oh they're just regular people too <laughs> <laughs> stars they're just like us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay let me see where this is from michael shannon meme but I need to know where it came from. He's like wearing this Hawaiian button-up shirt. Mm-hmm. He's got a little tote bag with him. Let me see the picture. <laughs> I'll play you a clip. Was uh, that like from an airport? Oh. It was a... Okay, so the clip was taken from something uploaded by the Criterion Collection. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's the... I think it's an organization. I follow them on uh, Twitter. They select films and maybe television as well, but I think they mostly do films from like every genre, mainstream and independent, that's they consider to be like definitive works. Mm. Um, and like, you know, like classics. Uh, and so they're like interviewing him and he's like picking uh, some movies to talk about, I'm assuming. And just him with his little bag of movies. And okay, let me play it. Hold on. Michael Shannon, here in the closet at Criterion. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, this is, without a doubt, one of the most amazing assemblages of films I've ever seen. Wow, this has just been such a pleasure. I, I'm such a lucky boy. I can't wait to go home. And, park myself in front of the TV and watch them. <laughs> yeah, so that's the clip where he's like, this has been such a pleasure. I'm such a lucky boy. I can't wait to go home. And So, so that became a meme? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just it's so silly. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you don't usually hear him like that. He's usually always like so serious. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Michael Shannon plays the lead role in this film. Uh, back to the specifics after a little meme aside there um it was produced by sarah green and brian kavanaugh jones and it was released in the u.s on march 18th 2016 but it was shown first at the berlin now film festival a month prior and was selected to compete for the top prize known as the golden bear golden bear <laughs> the golden bear at the berlin now film festival oh and it was in germany yeah Oh. <laughs> the bear. 
Werner introducing Werner Herzog's new line of children's entertainment, sad beige films for sad beige children. <laughs> and, and that's funny that you did that because in the statue is called the Golden Bear. Yeah. And he did that. He hosted that doc, hosted, whatever. He narrated that documentary. And I think he directed it too about the guy, Timothy Treadwell. Was that his name? Who was like obsessed with the the grizzlies of Alaska? What? And who ended up getting eaten by one? <gasps> you haven't heard of this? No. It's called uh, brain fart. It's called <laughs> it's called brain fart. It's called <laughs> bear man, wild man, wild bear. <laughs> <laughs> Some assemblage of those words. Yes, he oh directed God. this. Very ironic documentary. Yeah. Oh no! About this Timothy Treadwell, <laughs> Timothy Treadway. I can't remember. Treadmill. <laughs> Treadmill. And this guy was obsessed, like unnaturally, unhealthily obsessed Weird. with grizzly bears, and he like felt like they were more trustworthy than they really are. Uh, okay. And he would go into the bush, into Alaska, get dropped off there, and he would film all these bears. And he gave them names and he would like get up close to them. And he then one time took his girlfriend there with him and they were filming and he ended up, they both ended up getting mauled (gasps) and eaten by this bear. Oh my God. And even worse, it was all the audio was recorded. (gasps) So you can hear them being eaten. That has not officially been released, but in the documentary yes it's all in there oh my god and Werner Herzog he did the whole documentary no. about it oh, yes. I gotta, we gotta get our hands you have on this. to oh my god he's 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 a cool dude yeah, yeah. but it's just so talks. sad the whole story is yeah. so grizzly man grizzly man okay Duh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one I recommend it okay okay Werner Herzog. <laughs> I love him <laughs> um yeah, well, I'm happy to say that this isn't a sad beige film. Okay, it's um, not sad beige. No, not sad beige. It has lots of beige people in it, though. Yes. Were there any any minorities in this film? Um, only military people. Oh. Not a good look. No. <laughs> Too many beige people. And the people. social worker. Yes, social worker. She's yeah. probably Latina, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, very stark white yeah. cast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> despite its 83% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. uh, and overall positive reception from fans and critics, the film only grossed $7.7 million, but it had a budget of $18 million. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Which so that director never never got hired again. Um, no, he's, no, he did. I'm kidding. Yeah, but he he's got another movie coming out, The Bike Riders or something. It's based off a novel, and it's got this huge ensemble cast. And of course, Michael Shannon is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's that guy? Who's the guy that played Elvis? Austin Butler. Oh yeah, he's gonna be in it. I have to like see a bunch that of other too. People. Okay, I think it's coming out next year. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, it's about people riding bikes. Mm. I would assume so. Thrilling. <laughs> is there a murder mystery? I don't know. I is didn't look there a Sasquatch too much into it. that uh, <laughs> somehow gets involved? Yes, they go hunting Sasquatch. <laughs> Michael Shannon is Sasquatch. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, let's get a little more into this cast because when I I watched this for the first time, I want to say last year, maybe two years ago, and I was just scrolling, looking for something. I was in the mood for sci-fi, a little mystery, and I came across this somehow. I don't know if I... I don't think it was on streaming. I don't know how I came across it, but I'm like, oh, I'll give it a try. It mm-hmm. sounds interesting. And... First, um, you see, like, Michael Shannon, and I was like, oh, General Zod, that's cool. And then the Joel Edgerton guy who I'd seen, you know, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sam Shepard yeah. shows up, plays, he plays a brother, Calvin, I think is his name. Religious leader. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, why does that guy look so familiar? And he played Chuck Yeager in The Right Stuff, one of my favorite films. Yes. So good. and it, But his part's a little smaller, but I still liked him in that role. Yeah, he's got a commanding presence. Yeah. Like, apart from the main, like, three, four characters, everybody else that shows up in this film, they all kind of have, like, small roles. But to me, it felt like everybody who did their part, they were, their acting was memorable. Yeah, it was very well cast. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and then, uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, all these people. And all of a sudden Adam Driver walks in and I'm right. like, Adam Driver's in this? Yeah. Every other minute, every yeah. other scene I was like, like he's Driver? in this? <laughs> She's in this? <laughs> yeah. And I love movies like that where you don't know that much about it. Yeah. Um, you know, you've avoided the spoilers or, you know, you come across a movie like this that, kind of flew under the radar and didn't have as much of a wide release. But then you see all these well-known people or, or you know, actors that you love. Mm-hmm. And then they just show up. But it just, you know, it makes the movie more special. And, and I Driver. love Adam Driver. Yeah. I am just, like, transfixed by him when he's on the screen. Yeah, he's so great. Yes, his voice and his acting and just his presence. Yeah. And this was right after... Uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens came out. That came out in December of 2015, and then this came out a few months later. And it's so funny comparing how he looked in, as Kylo Ren. You know, he's all, all swole, Ben Swolo. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then in this one, you know, he's got his hair cut short. He wears glasses. They very much dressed him up to be like, you know, a, a nerdier mm-hmm. kind of guy. And he plays uh, an NSA agent, so he's kind of all about... Uh, tech and stuff like that um and he's he probably like you know lost the weight that he gained for star wars right so he's very slender and he looks like so much younger and um not as like frightening or you know powerful Mm -hmm. as he did as kylo ren and it's just weird to like see i mean not weird but like he's got such a range yeah which i love about him and I liked the red saber comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this scene where he's talking about, uh, and we'll get more into the plot. But there's a scene scene where he's talking to Sam Shepard's character about these top secret government transmissions, and he mentions phrases that uh, Sam Shepard's character would preach in his sermons, and one of them was red saber, which I felt like was an obvious nod. To yes. It. Kylo Ren was just cool. Yeah, totally. Good catch. Yeah. Um, and then who else? Uh, oh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. She plays the mother of the the special boy, mm-hmm. Alton. 
Um, and that actor who played the the main character of Alton, that young boy, uh, what was his name? Jaden Martell. Jaden Martell, yes. He, like right after this, was kind of when his career started to blow up because he's been in so much. And I'm like, where do I know this kid from? And he played, uh, who was the... I can't like think which character. brother in the It films. Yes. It's going to bother me. It's not... No, because Georgie was the little one, right? That was his brother, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I should know Poor this. Poor Georgie. I know. But yeah, he played the brother in the It films. He was in something else, too. Oh, you were, a series that you were telling me about, right? Chris Evans? Oh, uh, Defending Jacob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, he was on that. That was that was pretty decent. Yeah. It's been in a lot. He has. And he's only he's like twenty. Oh, and then he was in that supernatural story I was telling you about has Donald Sutherland and I just stumbled across that on streaming one day where he's communicating with his this dead guy oh. through a cell phone. What? I think that's a Stephen King short story. Oh. But he was in that too. I watched that recently. That that'd be another good one to talk about. I can't yeah. remember what it's called right now though. So sorry. Right. Well, we'll come back to that eventually. Um, but yeah, like even this young actor at the time who was, you know, kind of up and coming, you know, next to all these big seasoned acting veterans. No matter you know the the role, everyone performed very well. Yes. I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. What, what are you trying to say? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running on low, low steam here. So as I mentioned earlier, it got an overall positive reception, but I noticed that a lot of the critics felt like, despite, you know, the, like how well it was shot, you know, the score was awesome the amazing performances, the interesting characters. There's this slow, slow buildup of the story. And then it just, the explanations and everything, it just doesn't really pay off for viewers, which I have to agree with. Yeah. Um, and we'll, and we'll talk more about that as we get into the story here. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel like maybe had they gone a different direction with things, at least as far as the ending is concerned, you know, maybe it would have been more of a hit. Right. I was I was left with so many questions. Yeah. And there were like so many loose ends. Yeah. Which that, sometimes I like that in a movie. Because it's not necessary to know. Right. But in this case, more explanation would have. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, there's just so much that was like glossed over or very vaguely mm-hmm. explained. And it, it just leaves you like a little frustrated at the end because you're like, well, then what was the whole point of this yeah. and that? Um, but yeah, so let's uh, get into this synopsis here and we'll just talk about it briefly and then we'll dive into some of the finer points. The uh, movie opens with, in a motel, Roy Tomlin, played by Mr. Shannon, and his friend Lucas, Joel Edgerton, watch an Amber Alert for eight-year-old Alton Meyer and his reported abductor Roy while the boy reads on the floor at the same time at a place known as the ranch a religious cult located in rural Texas pastor Kevin Meyer played by Sam Shepard dispatches two of his parishioners to retrieve Alton 
He then faces his congregation as the FBI storms their church. NSA communications analyst Paul Sevier, played by Adam Driver, asks Calvin how numbers sent via encoded satellite transmissions made their way into his sermons. Calvin explains that Alton speaks in tongues, quote-unquote, and gave the numbers to Calvin. As Alton's powers grew, his mother Sarah, played by Kirsten Dunst, abandoned him, and members of the ranch have been raising him with Pastor Myers, his adoptive father. It is also noted in the sequence that Roy is Alton's biological father. Roy is protective of Alton, doing everything in his power to avert danger. After a violent confrontation with a state trooper, Roy and Lucas seek cover at the home of Eldon, a former ranch member. During the night, an earthquake seems to wake Roy and Lucas. When they break down the door to Alton's room, they find him linked to Eldon by binding, blinding beams of light directly from his eyes into Eldon's. Roy knocks out Eldon and covers up Alton, who is extremely photosensitive. They take Eldon's van and continue on toward a location that Alton specified. Members of the ranch seem to know this location, but the FBI is desperately trying to figure out where the trio are headed. When they stop at a gas station, Alton seems to destroy a satellite, creating a rain of debris crashing down on them. They drive to Sarah Tomlin's house, and she is overjoyed to be reunited with her son. After they watch the news together, Alton explains that he caused the satellite to crash because the police were using it to track him. As the fugitives, now including Sarah, continue on their trek, Alton appears to be growing sick and weak. He convinces Roy to let him see the daylight, while Lucas and Sarah go ahead to a motel. After witnessing his first ever sunrise, Alton's eyes begin to glow, and an enormous dome of light surrounds the duo. They reunite with Lucas and Sarah, and Alton is healthy. He explains that seeing the sun helped him realize his true identity. He explains that there is a world built on top of this one and that he belongs to it. Roy confirms that he briefly saw this hidden world inside the Dome of Light. When they exit the hotel room, they are ambushed by Calvin's trackers from the ranch, who abduct Alton but are soon captured by the police. The boy is taken to a government facility where, although he had no normal way of knowing who the man was, he still insists that he will only talk to Paul Sevier. After Sevier experiences Alton's powers, he helps reunite him with his parents. Having deducted their destination from Calvin's sermons, Sevier warns the fugitives that there is a five-mile security perimeter around the location on the Florida Panhandle. Roy barrels through a roadblock, driving inside the perimeter as the army scrambles to give chase. As they speed away, Alton lets them know just where to stop. Alton and Sarah speedily exit the car and run into the woods. Roy and Lucas lead the army on a wild goose chase, they're riding, not mine, while Alton <laughs> and Sarah reach the edge of a swamp. There, a great dome of light appears, engulfing much of Florida and the surrounding states. Everyone inside the dome of light can see the futuristic structures of a parallel world. Eventually, other beings of this world gather around Alton, and the entire dome disappears, taking Alton with it. Roy and Lucas are arrested. Lucas is interviewed by the FBI. He tells them the story, but they are dissatisfied. Sevier then enters to interview him with Lucas, the only one aware of Sevier's previous involvement. Sarah, apparently walking away from her past life forever, cuts off her cult traditionalist hair braid in a local gas station. Roy is incarcerated, but can watch the sunrise, his eyes briefly and faintly glowing in a similar manner to Alton's. Yeah, I totally missed that little tidbit. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very subtle at the end, but you really got to be like watching to notice it, but it's there. Um, so yeah, so that is the plot of... 
midnight special, and this kind of glances, uh, glosses over quite a bit. So we'll get into a little more detail. Things that I liked about about it, or you know, things that I felt like needed more explanation. So the whole idea of the ranch was interesting. Yeah, um, and I suspect that you know before Alton was born, because he's like eight years old in the film. Um, and there's a brief moment in the movie where I think it's Sarah is talking to Lucas about how the family came to be a part of this cult. And uh, he mentions, she mentions, or no, Lucas is telling the story that Roy's parents took him to the ranch. So they must have been like conscripted into it. And um, he grew up there. And uh, they, they dress like... Um, Mormons? Do Mormons dress like that? Like uh, orthodox. I don't know if if you'd call them that. Like traditionalists? Yeah. With the long Um, braids and the skirts. and Yeah, they wear those. The women have those. It's almost like a poof in the front. And then their long hair, because they don't cut it. It's like in this intricate braid. You know the phrase, uh, the higher the hair, the closer to God. Yeah. So that's kind of how the women are. And they wear those. Uh, dresses with the long sleeves mm-hmm. and they button up to their neck and then they all wear skirts and um, the men are kind of wearing like traditional like farmhand clothes mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh, they live on this secluded ranch area and um, it had a kind of a branch Davidian feel to it a what um, Waco you know Waco okay no? <laughs> that's, that's a good documentary you got to watch okay. on Netflix, too. <laughs> um, David yeah. Koresh. Did we hear of David Koresh? Maybe. It sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. That was sad. Oh. Um, but, yeah, so uh, the character of Calvin, played by Sam Shepard, he's, like, the leader, maybe not the founder, but he heads, like, the, the church of their uh, religious-focused cult. Mm-hmm. And... In, in the movie, after we are introduced to Roy and Lucas and Alton, and it cuts to the scene at the ranch, it's in the evening, and they're all assembling for uh, their service. And Calvin talks about uh, a reading from a, a date from a few years prior, and he just starts going off with this, like, random mm-hmm. phrase that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And then they all, like, respond. It's like a call and response thing, and they all yeah. respond with, like, 42, 53. Yeah, like lottery 17. numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but these turned out to be like coordinates, correct? Yeah. You'll later find out that these numbers that came from Alton, he would just have these like fits where he uh, would speak random things. That's where the phrases came from. That's where these numbers came from. And he was picking up uh, transmissions from government satellites. It's like he he's like an electromagnetic energy receiver. Yeah. Because he'd like also randomly him. pick up, like, radio stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, that was just, like, part of his powers, is mm-hmm. he could tune into that. Yeah. But that was another thing that about this film that I felt like they should have gone into more detail with was, okay, so he has these powers. He shoots these beams of lights from his eyes, and his body kind of glows sometimes, and he can pick up on... Uh, radio frequencies and like 
not move stuff, but later he brings that satellite down. Yeah, which was, again, they didn't really explain why he did that or how. Yeah, well, he does say that he could tell that they were using it to track him. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Okay. Um, But, so it's like, is he, like, telekinetic? They don't really explain. Yeah. So so he has these powers, but, like, why these powers specifically? Mm -hmm. What are they used for? Mm -hmm. Because at the very end, when he gets to this place that he's supposed to be and the the people of like the species that he belongs to or something they all come down and you see them and their bodies are like made of light you know yeah but like why do they all have powers like him we don't learn really anything about them other than that their world is sort of like invisible to ours and they've built on top of ours and they just watch us like it's so there's so right. little explanation there. And that was like the general not theme throughout the movie. But it like it it starts off almost like it's expecting the audience to already be caught up yeah. with what's going on. Yeah. And I can totally understand that if this is like a movie that is a close retelling of like let's say a series of graphic novels. Or it's a sequel to a movie, whatever. It kind of gives off that vibe. There's a lot of, like, comic book influence and similarities. Definitely. But, and there's nothing wrong with starting off like that. Like, the the story is already going. You have to put the pieces together. I like a story like that. The only problem is they don't give you the pieces. Yes. It's almost like you're just supposed to assume. And when you were explaining some of it to me, you had to look it up online. It wasn't direct pieces of of uh, evidence from the film it yeah was it was what something other that, people yeah, other thought. people had like deduced or right somehow they figured out maybe there's commentary somewhere i'm sure yeah um that gives a little more explanation but why do we have to go to the commentary to understand these points about the film yes it, not everybody's gonna do that no and i feel like it could have it was good it was a good movie yeah i would say three stars out of five yeah i wouldn't say it was great but it could have been great yes which is what is so frustrating yes because if they had just developed some of the storylines a little bit more and didn't leave you wondering like why did he do that yeah what does that mean or this storyline or plot device that was dropped and never explained later in the film you know yeah yeah so and um, that was frustrating to me. Yeah. I had so many questions when I was yes, watching this because like yeah. all the groundwork was there for the makings of a great film. Yes, the cast, the story the, itself, the story, yeah, um, like the premise. This you know boy with these mysterious powers, yeah. and they're trying to maybe find out the truth about who he is and where he comes from. Um, and they're trying. They have this destination that they're going to, and uh, the government's after them, and then the ranch is after them. So they've got a lot going on to. They've got a lot of hardship and hurdles to overcome to get to where they need to go. Yeah. So, like, but if they would just have, like, developed... The backstory needs to be more developed. a little bit more. And explained a little bit more. Right. And I feel like they could have pushed, I think, the sci-fi element a bit more, too. Definitely. So, some of the examples that I found to be frustrating. His mom, Mm -hmm. Kirsten Dunn's character... The ranch says she abandoned their child. Yeah. And we ad- we adopted him. 
she left, but they don't really go into detail as to what prompted her to leave. Was this because they were setting up his future escape? Was this, you know what I mean? That's true. Instead of her having an opportunity to defend her decision, she's never given like a platform to say, this is why I did it. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It does look like, yeah, she just left. Yeah. The only, she pushed out. Yeah. The only explanation that I could think of is, now again, this is one of those films where, you know, we talked about The Vast of Night. It's it's similar <sighs> in the vein. I know that movie's so good. I but love that movie so much. That, that movie's slow burn. Yes. And you really have to pay attention to the dialogue. Yes. Because so much is revealed that way. Yes. It's very similar to how it is in this film. You really have to pay attention to the dialogue because... All these little plot points and explanations, are, they're so brief when the characters, you know, say them, um, that if you're not really paying attention or thinking back to something else that was said that is, like, related to what they're talking about, then you're going to miss, you know, explanations or, like, key information. Um, so in, in terms of, like, Sarah and what happened with her, when she's talking to Lucas after they arrive at her house... Um, she says that because Roy had stayed behind and that's how eventually he devised a plan or worked up the nerve to take Alton from the ranch and escape to where they needed to go. He said that, uh, or Sarah explained that he watched another man raise his son for two years. But then earlier in the film, when the FBI is raiding the ranch and they take the members to, a, I think it's a local school or something, and they're trying to like interview them. Right. They're talking to uh, one of the women who's in charge of, like, watching the children. And I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I want to say she uh, makes a remark that Sarah abandoned him two years ago. So... <sighs> and I find that hard to believe that a mother who was as devoted and loving to their child... Yeah. ...that they would do that. She, You'd think she'd still want to be there to keep an eye on him, even though they wanted to claim him as their savior and yeah. child. You'd think she'd still want to be there just to, for proximity. Right. Just to be close to him. Right. But, so, like, that is a loose end that they didn't explore. because yeah. well, she says, like, Roy did what I couldn't. But that's not enough of a... No. Like, a character-driven... No, not at all. ...emotion for me to, like, accept, oh, mm-hmm. she just was too weak to... Right deal with it or be there for her son like i feel like there's something else there that we're missing that would explain that a little bit better yeah and i wish they would have built up the the friend the state trooper what was his name lucas lucas yeah i wish they would have built up lucas's character before he got involved with Roy, like had a scene where to kind of build up, is he a morally gray character? Yeah. Why did he so easily abandon yeah, his legal that's a, duties? That's a, a note that I made here. Yeah. When his friend from his past shows up and he's like, hey, let's break all these laws. And he's like, yeah. okay. Like, why? Like, what was his whole role in Yeah, it? what was his motive? And, and like the idea that he has this like sudden unshaken belief in Alton. Right. Because they explained that uh, Roy and Alton show up three days prior to when the movie starts, and that's what starts this chase for them getting, they need to get to this point in Florida. Like, where did his willingness to commit crimes and right. protect Alton at all costs come from? It's, it's They don't touch on that. No. And it's just... It's not believable. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I almost feel like they should have started with 
Roy taking Alton. Yeah. And going to Lucas to convince him and and seeing yes. what unfolded there. Yeah. They could have even started with him, a scene with him. Yeah. Getting off work. or I mean, I have so many ideas how this movie could have been better. Yeah. And I almost yeah, like yeah. wish it could be remade. Right. Because it has so much potential. Yeah. And like, you're right. They needed to build up the sci-fi element more. Yes. It wasn't until the very end where it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. but And we only see little snippets of Alton's powers, and it's very they're very slowly explained over the course of the film. Um, but he can be seen, you know, like reading comic books and stuff. And, with Superman. Yeah. Which so I like, like that little nod there. Yeah, I really like that uh, it took a lot of inspiration from so many different comic book stories you know, he needs the sun to heal like Superman. Yes. And, you know, Superman gets his powers from the sun. And um, he's I almost also... believed for a hot minute that this was a new retelling of Superman's world. Yeah. And that he himself was from was from Krypton. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He, yeah. And I thought, oh, See, he's another person escaped it's, from Krypton. It's interesting that you bring that up because forever ago when this movie came out, I remember very briefly seeing the trailer for it. And I had kind of forgotten about it. And I remember thinking like, oh, is this like a sort of Superman-esque story? Yeah. You know, they're driving or taking inspiration from, um, which I would have been cool. I mean, yeah, I love Superman. Been neat. So. Yeah. But, uh, and it also, uh, he's seen reading a comic book about Starfire. Mm. And he's kind of similar to her in that like her eyes glow. She has like beams of energy coming from her. Um Oh, and like uh, uh, Cyclops from X Men, mm-hmm. how he has to wear those goggles to contain the light in his eyes. Yeah, I just like little things like that that were really cool. But I would have liked to have seen maybe not so much like a superhero story, but I'd like to have seen him have like done something with his powers, right, on like a grander scale. Yes, and uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and sort of related to like the whole powers and everything and like Alton discovering his true identity that he's part of this race of these people that are made of light and they have these interesting abilities but um how they kind of glance over like is it another dimension that they're right, from a parallel or universe are they just like invisible to us like we can't perceive them yeah. But it, you're kind of led to believe that they're alien-like, but they're not actually aliens. They're like some advanced human-like species. Yeah. See, they, they didn't go into that yes. enough either. And I'm like, but I want to know more about these yes, creatures, they, people. Oh, like, there were so many missed opportunities. Yes. <laughs> I, I, it makes me sad that this movie could have been so awesome. I know. Wah. Yeah. Why can't we just make all the movies? <laughs> <laughs> Let me add that to my list of things to do. Yeah. Um, and then the ending, of course, with Roy, which you really had to pay attention to. When they show Roy uh, in prison and he's outside, he's looking at the sun. Um, they've got, like, little electrodes attached to his, uh, like, forehead to, like, monitor something, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, very briefly, you see his eyes faintly glow like how Alton's did. I missed that. They had electrodes on his head? Not like electrodes, but like, you know when you get like a brain scan and yeah. they stick things yeah. to you? Right. It was, yeah, there was like wires and stuff. I 
I, well, ju- I, mean, I noticed he was in jail. Yeah. But they were also studying him. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Oh, you missed. The- See, it wasn't <laughs> obvious enough. <laughs> you didn't notice the wires sticking out of his hair? I don't know. Maybe I was like, maybe I looked away. <laughs> so they're trying to figure out more. Oh, cause they're still trying to pursue this mister- mysterious civilization. Yeah. And so, the, but then that left me with questions of like, maybe Alton is just like showing himself. Can Roy like see him or are they suggesting that Roy has like latent abilities like Alton? Yeah. Because they do specify that Roy and Sarah are the biological parents of Alton. Mm-hmm. But then He's how do they have human, this kid yeah. with these yeah. alien Superman powers? Yeah. They don't, there's so much that they don't explain. Yeah. Like I get like the whole wanting to have mystery to the story and they don't want to, re- you know, reveal everything too soon. Yeah. But there was so much that they could have put into the story, I think, to make it a little more interesting. Yeah, definitely. And believable. Um, so where's the cutoff for Certified Fresh with Rotten Tomatoes? Well, you have the rating and then they'll mark it as Certified Fresh. Okay. I'm wondering if maybe based on critic reviews, like typically the higher the score or the percentage, mm-hmm. the more, I think you'll find more certified fresh mm-hmm. films. Um, but I think that's something that they have to add on to the score. Okay. I could be, I could be totally wrong, but okay. I think that's how that works. I'm not sure. Gotcha. But yeah, 83%. Not bad. Not bad, but I don't know. It just, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was good. It was entertaining. Yeah. But I would have liked to have seen more. Yeah. We just didn't have that emotional effect on me. Like, um, vast of night did yeah and okay there's there's so much about this movie that like bothered me the whole thing with like the fbi just showing up and being like uh well we know all of this we know that alton got these transmissions but like why are i mean yeah okay it's sensitive government information but it just they never say how they discovered this. Yeah, they never say how they figured out that Alton knew this. Yeah. Unless they had somebody on the inside in the ranch giving them information like, oh, this is what they say in their sermons. And again, we're supposed to just come up with this story on our own? Yeah. Yeah, they (laughs) they don't explain how the FBI comes to the conclusion that Alton is in possession of this sensitive information. Right. And now let's be real. Government agencies are not that well organized. True. <laughs> they yeah. don't always work yeah, they together. Had, they had the FBI, they had the NSA working together, and they were going from place to place. And Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, mm. I think it would have taken them a lot longer to get to, you know, oh, we got to go after them. We got to find this kid. And work together. Yeah. Because I think I mentioned this before on one of our podcast episodes that for the longest time, the FBI and the CIA refused to share information. Yeah. They didn't even have like similar computer systems yeah. where they could or share like information. Joint, like operations. Right. Yeah. So we're supposed to expect or believe that <laughs> yeah. the FBI and somehow like how figured quickly this out. They got that block, that five mile blockade set up. Like, I know they were using the military to, like... Why would it be the FBI, not the CIA, if it's, like, these codes and stuff? Or, like, you'd Yeah, would that be more of a CIA jurisdiction? Yeah, right. I understand the NSA, but... Yeah. I don't know. 
I, again, it, it's a work of fiction. Right, right. I, I think maybe we're reading a little too yeah. much into it, but <laughs> I, I can't help it. I that's I that's what I love about films is dissecting them and trying to understand more about them. You know what would be freaking sweet? What if someone or maybe you developed fan fiction? <laughs> with this story as the skeleton, but filled in the pieces. Oh, okay. And then released it. I'm sure. I'm sure there's fan. I mean, I'd have to look. I bet there's fan fiction about the film. Mm-hmm. Something to buoy it a yeah. little bit. Surely there are other people out here, out there, who feel the same way that we do. That there could have been so much more to the story. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. They do leave a lot open to interpretation. I could see it being. Something fun to write. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so aside from all that, though, I think the biggest thing that this film had going for it was the cast performances. Absolutely. And like like serious, like dramatic performance from Michael Shannon. And I even really enjoyed uh, Kirsten Dunn's performance. Mm -hmm. Although she doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue. She shows up you know, like halfway into the film and really her only like character motivation is just, you know, protecting her son. And then at the end, she her hardly... son who she left for two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, at the end she takes him to the field where he meets his people and he leaves and she's like, she... see ya. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's just like, she has like a solemn kind of moment where she accepts that he's gone. Right. And, but she, like, no dialogue in that scene. It's just them, like, looking at each other and accepting mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But she conveys, like, so much feeling. Definitely. In such, like, a short scene. And then at the very end, too, I liked how, you know, she finally, like, she cuts her hair. She no longer wears that braid mm-hmm. that tied her to her past life. And um, Symbolic. Yeah. I think that's, like, interesting, you know, like, the major theme in this film was like uh the hold of like faith and being in a cult-like setting mm-hmm. where it impermeates so much of your life that even after you leave if you were somehow able to get away from it there's always going to be that influence in some aspect of your life mm-hmm. where she still dressed kind of modestly and traditionally she still wore her hair a certain way mm-hmm. and um that guy that they went to the first home where uh, the weird guy who was communing with yes, yeah. um, he talks about how he misses the ranch life and mm-hmm. the, um, the security, the yeah, the camaraderie, yeah, or, sense of community mm-hmm, and all mm-hmm. of that. And oh, and that's where we learned about ley lines. We totally skipped over that. The whole idea of ley lines that they, that point that Alton gets to at the end where he meets his people. That's right on a ley line. Mm. And that's, he like draws power from it and that's how he's able to jump to the other dimension or whatever. Oh, right, right, right. But even then they don't really explain in the film what ley lines are. They did not. He's just like, have you heard of ley lines? And then uh, Michael Shannon's character is like, I'm, I'm, tired. I'm tired. Yeah, they, yeah. they should have picked that back up. Yeah. Uh, frustration. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and I stand corrected. Joel Edgerton is from Blacktown, New South Wales, Australia. Oh. But he definitely plays a lot of American characters. It's Australian. Yeah. And yeah, he's 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 a good actor. I really like him. I do. Yeah, me too. 
Oh, and he's older than me. I love it when I find an actor who is older than me. Oh, <laughs> why? Because they look so good still. And I'm oh. like, and they're older than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, but they also have like access to daily facial massages, yeah, plastic surgery, um, stem cells, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. rejuvenation. <laughs> the blood of the innocent. I have my SUV, damn it. Not SUV. I have my... What? <laughs> I have an SUV, oh, too. I don't know what so special. I have my... <laughs> what is it? SPF. <laughs> my SPF, damn it. <laughs> that went totally right. <laughs> You're so close and so far. Yes. <laughs> SPF. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, listen. Wear your freaking SPF. Or your SUV. <laughs> yeah. Yes, wear it. Wear it. No amount of expensive creams is going to get rid of your fine lines and wrinkles Later on in life, if the damage is already done, it's done. But you can slow it and help prevent it and keep your skin looking good if you just wear your freaking sunscreen. And don't yep. go, don't use a freaking tanning bed. Don't sit on the beach every day for like eight hours and fry yourself. And dang you if you get to do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're jealous. Right. This has been a public service announcement <laughs> yeah. from Mackenzie. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's all I have to say. All right. I think we've I think we said it. Yeah. I think so, um uh, so for our next show, mm. I plan on talking about some local haunts. Ooh. And we'll be visiting them, exploring them a little bit. And I talked to Nicole from NWOSI, and she has agreed to come back on, too. Yay! So we will have her back to talk about their recent forays into the world of the paranormal. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Our right. first recurring guest. Yes. Yay. Yay. righty. Well, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us as we uh, get back into the swing of things here. Very excited for this next chapter of the show me too we will see you next week thanks for listening bye